Hi, this is Bria Barthel, and I'm back once again with Ian Hauck, Head of Reference and Adult Services at Troy Public Library. Ian, welcome back to Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Thank you for having me. And I see you've got some interesting choices for us yet again, so let's get started. What's your first pick for a book this month? So my first pick is called The Farmer's Lawyer by Sarah Vogel, uh, who is the author and um, the main person in the story. She was a young lawyer in the 80s um, representing farmers in North Dakota who were in constant legal trouble of losing their farms. Um, And she took the interesting approach to help them keep their family's farms by actually reporting it as a constitutional rights matter to the um, Justice Department, um, hearkening back to the old farmers' aid programs that began in the 1930s. She wondered why it had changed so much, and um, it was because of the Farmers' Housing Administration programs um, and how confusing it can be. We all know sometimes when the legalese gets in the way of the understanding, there's a uh, striking moment in the story early on where the farmers she's speaking to believe that their cows are basically on loan and that they do not own them. They're owned by the Farming Housing Administration. But she is able to explain to them is, no, they're your cows. They're just collateral for the loan you took out from the administration. This topic of farmers... Um rights and and farmer issues seems especially appropriate now where in New York State we're losing so many of the smaller farms and even the mid-sized farms. Yes, the uh, idea of a family farm has been fading for a while. One of the points that is kind of reflected in this story, um, and it's not just the larger corporate farms, it's um, just land land development in general is taking away some of the uh, farmland we have, um, as you mentioned here in New York, but across the country. That's great. So thanks for calling that to our attention, and it's a good idea for a future interview with somebody. Okay, and the second book, we're moving from current times, or almost current times, back a little bit in time. So the next title is called The Bright Ages, A New History of Medieval Europe by Matthew Gabriel and David M. Perry. And what this is, it's kind of a pushback on the idea we have of the medieval period being the Dark Ages, uh, following the fall of Rome in Europe, to really reflect that even though, again, the Dark Ages, this was a time castles were built, trade was expanded, cultures mixed with each other. Um, from all the way of Northern Africa to um, Saudi Arabia, all the way up to the Volga River into what is now Russia, and the way that these groups interacted with each other, um, understood each other, uh, the advancements that were made, the pushing back of popular um ideas we have, like the Vikings, who in some ways could be argued to have existed since the time of the Roman period, Um, but they could either invade you 
or they could be trading partners. It's not just a horned guy showing up on a <laughs> on a ship <laughs> waving an axe. Uh, or at the end of the opera. <laughs> yes, or at the end of the opera. Um, there's an example. In the Byzantine Empire, there was a set of the royal guard that were um, Vikings that had shown up in Turkey, liked it, decided to stay, and were taken on as a first mercenary group and then a personal guard um, to the uh, in the Byzantine Empire. That's really interesting, and I like how both these books are looking at sort of historical trends and changes and things to be considered of, certainly different time periods. Do you have a special interest in history? I, I mean, I enjoy history, I think, as much as anyone. I just like looking at the things that I didn't learn in a textbook. Um, I know, you know, I know the names and the dates, but what are the things going on around them? Um, especially when we think of when things were written down and recorded, that's, you know, uh, the Vikings have interested me. They, again, the raiders, the great warriors, the people sailing across the ships, less known for their legal structure. <laughs> Well, thank you. And I know that's not your only interest because you've brought a manga to us in the past. So I see your third book is Keeping That Tradition Alive. Yes, in keeping with tradition, I have brought another manga. It is titled How Do We Relationship by Tammy Full. Uh, it's the pen name of the author. And the title really does give away the storyline. When we encounter most romance stories, it's mostly romantic comedy or dramatic action where get to the end of the book, they hug, they kiss, the music swells, the credits roll. This starts at that point and then asks the questions um, that most people may not think of in a story. What do you learn in the first week, the first month, you're in a new relationship. What do you figure out with your partner? Are they allergic to anything? Do they not like a certain type of food? Are they comfortable in, uh, going to a concert? Do they not like going to a concert? It's these questions that come up after the relationship is established and you're still learning about each other. Am I right that manga is still primarily for a younger audience that might be facing these issues for the first time? It has been changing. Um, what has been translated coming in from Japan? Um, they have had a longer tradition of um, different, different age groups reading manga. Um, so there are still plenty of hero action shows, but there are also more mature topics, um, and those are beginning to be translated now. Um, so this is something that, yes, an older teen could read and enjoy, but also adults could find um, something good in. Well, thank you. So that's The Farmer's Lawyer, The Bright, B-R-I-G-H-T, Ages, and How Do We Relationship? But I know that uh, the library offers a lot more than just books, so let's get to some of the other things that are happening here. Yes, so we have a few events coming up. Um, on Wednesday, the 16th, we have a f uh, earring-making uh, 
class going on that is at 6 p.m. Uh, registration is still available. And then moving into December, we have a um, folk art star making workshop coming up that is on Friday, December 9th at 2. And then on... I was disappointed to see that you don't really make a real star. These are ornaments, right? Yes, uh, they are uh, ornaments, yes. Um, and then moving into Tuesday the 13th, we have another um, felt stocking ornament making um, with uh, one of our uh, staff members, Chloe. So registrations for both of those events are still um, up. Do people have to bring anything or are all the supplies provided? Supplies are provided um, for, the, for the class and the workshop, um, but we are currently taking uh, donations for any crafting materials that you uh, can't see yourself using um, to help us continue these art programs here at the library. And if somebody had like a special piece of jewelry or something that they wanted to put into the ornament, they can just bring things and make their own designs, right? Of course. <clears throat> Terrific. Anything else coming up? Uh, nope. Just hope everyone has a good holiday coming up. Okay. And then, um, speaking of holidays, I know that you'll probably be closed for different days. So I assume you'll be closed for Thanksgiving. Closing early on the day before? Yes. So uh, Wednesday, the day before, we will be closing at 5 p.m. And then we will be closed for Thanksgiving Day itself, opening again on Friday at 9 well, congratulations on having a holiday, a well-deserved mini-break. Have a great Thanksgiving, and thanks for joining us now. I hope you do as well. Thank you.